The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Um, hello and welcome. And welcome potentially to some, some new listeners because uh, generally speaking, this podcast is something that covers only the Montreal Canadiens. However, uh, obviously, uh, COVID has once again shut down the NHL, at least temporarily. Uh, so we don't really have any hockey to watch unless, of course, you're a fan of the World Junior Hockey Championship, which I happen to be. So hello and welcome to the first ever World Junior Hockey Championship edition of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and I am here today to talk about the pre-tournament game between the Canadians and the Russians. Canada winning 6-4 to four in a pretty overwhelming effort for them uh, to start off their tournament. I mean, technically, it doesn't really start off their tournament at the end of the day. Uh, this is just a pre-tournament game, right? But uh, really good effort from them, definitely super encouraging. So what happened? Let's get into it. We got, we got 10 goals to recap here, so uh, this could be one of the longer recaps I've had to do because we don't see that many goals in Montreal Canadiens games, do we now? <laughs> Not lately. Anyways. So game starts off. Uh, Canada looking like a much better team in the first period, uh, for sure, by, by a pretty long shot, right? Um, they get an early power play, and uh, their power play looks like it's going to be pretty unstoppable. Some really good puck movement leads to Mason McTavish down in front, beats Yaroslav Askarov to open up the scoring, make it one nothing for the Canadians. Then Ridley Gregg gets his turn. Uh, he gets in on Askarov and puts home a rebound to make it 2 nothing. The refs didn't even appear to notice that that one actually went into the net. Uh, they, they didn't initially call it a goal. They had to go and review it. I don't know what they were reviewing, but they got it right. Uh, they got it and gave them the goal, 2 nothing for the Canadians. And they just keep on rolling. Absolutely keep on rolling. Neutral zone turnover later on in the period. Uh, McTavish gets in again, but this time he elects to fire it across. Fires a beautiful pass across to Kent Johnson, uh, who absolutely destroys that puck. Top shelf makes it 3 nothing for Canada. And they're not done. They're not done. We're still in the first period. And the Canadians get another power play. Uh, and again, this power play looks really good. The puck movement that they're doing, uh, it's, it's night and day. I watch the Montreal Canadiens all the time. I watch 82 Montreal Canadiens games per year. And then hopefully if they get to the playoffs, which they won't be this year, obviously. But they don't move the puck like that in the power play. This, this Canadian team is legitimately very good. Uh, Chris passes. Uh, they're, they're, they're able to hold the zone in a lot of situations where it looks like the puck's going to be coming out and then it doesn't. Uh, they're very dangerous on the power play. And this time, uh, puck gets down to Jake Neighbors down by the goal line, fires it across to Luca Cormier, who puts it into a wide open net. He had half the net to shoot at there, makes it 4 nothing for Canada. In the second period, things kind of come off the rails a little bit for Canada, though. 
uh, they get into some penalty trouble of their own, and Russia, you know, as much as Canada looked like the much better team in the first period, let's face it, Russia has some serious skill guys. And um, Canada found that out the hard way by getting into penalty trouble. Early Russian power play, uh, Semyon Demidov tries to make a pass, a centering pass from below the goal line. It bounces off a Canadian skate and up over Dylan Guerin to make it 4-1, gives some life to the Russians. And then Matvey Michkov, um, this kid is really good, by the way, uh, potential first overall pick in 2023, if you don't count Connor Bedard, but more on him later. Matvey Michkov uh, makes his presence felt as well. Can- Canadians take another penalty. Uh, he gets a one-timer from the face-off dot and just buries it past Guerin to make it uh, 4-2. to two. But Canada, still looking formidable, still looking great. When they're not taking uh, countless penalties in the period, they're looking quite good. So less than five minutes to go in the period. McTavish again. He gets a pass on the right-hand side and absolutely undresses Askarov uh, before just sliding it over the line, making it 5-2 to two for Canada. And we're still not done. Russia uh, determined to turn this thing into a game somehow. Alexander Passion shoots from ar- arguably one of the worst angles you're ever going to see. Uh, and he scores. He makes it 5-3. to three. Uh, Russia just kind of hanging on in this game, just making sure that their presence is felt. Um, but, you know, Canada, a little bit too much for them. Honestly, just a little bit too much for them. In the third period, we finally got to the third period. Uh, it was Connor Bedard's turn, right? We already heard from Matvey Michkov, uh, one of the guys who's possibly... Uh, the, these these two might be the one-two in the 2023 draft. Not this one coming up, but the one after that. Uh, they're both very good. And Matvey uh, Michkov obviously already scored, and then Connor Bedard gets in on it. He was barely even playing for Canada. He was the extra forward in this game, not getting a whole lot of five-on-five shifts. They were mostly using him on the power play and stuff. But he gets a five-on-five shift in the third period. Cole Perfetti fires a beautiful pass to him in front of the net. He's got all the time in the world. Quick little dangle, fakes like he's going to go to the backhand, comes back to the forehand, puts it in, makes it 6-3 for Canada. Not to be outdone. Matt Vemichkov, uh, he gets one back with less than a minute to play. I want to say about 30 seconds. Um, drop pass from one of his line mates. I forget who, but he fires a one-timer. Beautiful shot. Uh, he beats Guerin to make it 6-4, to four, but it was just too little too late. Canada gets the 6-4 to four win uh, in their tune-up game and looking like the favorites, as they usually are. Finland actually also beat the U.S. Uh, in another game today, so uh, that's interesting. This, this could be a pretty competitive tournament. I know Canada are obviously the favorites. They, they tend to be, right? And I think the U.S. are usually up there as well. Canada seems to have their problems with beating the U.S. in this tournament in recent years, so I don't know, but I I really do think that Canada should be the betting favorites at this point, especially with that 6-4 win. Obviously, their offense is clicking. Their power play looks disgusting, and, um, you know, they've got some X-Factor guys that could be coming up here, too. Connor Bedard, you know, they barely used him. He was the extra forward going into that game. He scores a goal late uh, in the third period. I wonder if maybe they're going to bump him up and, and make him uh, a regular forward on that team. I'm not sure. Um, I you know I was kind of surprised that they were barely using him throughout the course of the game because when you saw him in the like on the power play shifts that he was getting and stuff, you saw a lot of that skill that that has people buzzing about him for the 2023 draft. I think he warrants uh, a bit more of a look. I think 
they got to bring him up. They got to give him regular shifts and they got to see what he can do because he he's got ridiculous amounts of skill. Um, might as well find out uh, what that kid can do for you in this tournament. I know he's only 16, but give it a shot. I, I think they're going to do it. I suppose uh, we'll, we'll find out ahead of Boxing Day's uh, actual tournament opener whether or not that's the case. And they, they bring him up and make him a regular forward and start giving him a little bit more shifts. Uh, player of the game for Canada, I think that one's got to be pretty obvious. Uh, Mason McTavish, what a game. What a game. I mean, his pass to set up the uh, the Kent Johnson goal was absolutely sublime. Uh, the dangle on his second goal of the game was also absolutely sublime. He's good. He could be, you know, the X factor for, for Canada in this tournament. And um, what a game from him, honestly. Um, I don't think he could possibly ask for better. And uh, I think that's going to be huge for them moving forward. And um, I guess I also have to, because this this is a Montreal Canadiens-centered podcast, right? And I am a Montreal Canadiens fan. We got to talk about Habs Watch. We got to talk about Habs Prospect Watch. And uh, let's start with Caden Gooley. Um, maybe an unspectacular game from him, uh, but he was solid. He was great. Uh, what really stood out, we were talking about in the EOTP chat, was his release on his shots. Like when he shoots from the blue line, it's quick, it's deceptive. I mean, it's going to serve him well at all levels of hockey. Obviously, it serves him well in junior. It's going to serve him well in the NHL, and it's going to serve him very well in this tournament. Canada, for some reason, is running exclusively left-handed defensemen. Um, and he was playing on the left in this game. But I wonder if they might not move him over to the right side at some point. Um, he has a very good slap shot. And I think having him on his offside where he can get those one-timers from the point uh, with the release that he has, it could be huge. Um, they could get a lot more opportunities out of him. I didn't see much from him on the power play as well. So I, I, I wonder. But this is a tune-up game, right? So you can't read too much into it. Obviously, uh, the main takeaway from that game when it came to Gooley was he looked really good. He looked solid, especially on defense. Uh, he's a big, big, big dude. You could really see it when he's out there. Um, he looks every bit of six foot four, and I, I think he's listed at six three, but he looks like about six four. He, he's a big kid, and uh, and he throws his weight around too. Um, so Habs are going to be happy they made that pick. Honestly, I wasn't sure about it when they made it that year, but the, the Habs are going to be happy they made that pick. He's going to be a very legitimate defenseman in the NHL one day. And then I guess, who's the other? There's no other Habs prospects technically in that game, but there was Shane Wright, um, the consensus as of now, number one overall pick in the 2022 draft, right? We already talked about Matt Matvey Michkov and Connor Bedard a little bit, who are for 2023, but 2022, as of right now, belongs to Shane Wright. Um, he was not super visible in that game. I mean, I was watching for him, obviously, because I'm a Habs fan, and I think we might get that pick, and we might pick him. Um, but he was good. Um, I, I liked what I saw from him. Uh, he drew a penalty at one point that was just, just through a complete power move. He was coming out from behind the net below the goal line and he just drove to the outside and just absolutely forced the Russian defender to he had nothing else he could do it was either you let him go by or you hook him and uh, I think they called holding but it was kind of a hook splitting hairs here right he drew the penalty and it was just on a power move with really good skating really good puck protection so good game from him but uh, you know not not anything eye-opening again unspectacular you could say but still a good game 
Um, keep tabs on him, right? I think we're all going to be keeping tabs on him. I think anybody who's a fan of a team that's in the basement of the NHL right now is probably keeping tabs on him because uh, we want to see how he does. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, all in all, fantastic game for Canada. 6-4 win. Can't ask for better. Uh, I guess you could ask for 6 nothing, but, you know, Russia's got skill, right? So this is a good lesson to Canada that, number one, um, obviously you know you can score. So how about just staying out of the box a little bit? And then uh, maybe you'll get better results in terms of the overall score. But, you know, as long as you win, that's all that matters, right? We as Canadians would love to see uh, a World Junior Championship come back home to Canada. So that's it. Uh, we're running uh, a little over 12 minutes. So, grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, uh, Google Play, Apple. Uh, we're on Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. And we'll see. Um, this episode's kind of a, a, a test run for me here. So, you know, if we get a lot of listeners, uh, I'll probably keep it going for the duration of the tournament. Um, if not, well, whatever. Maybe I'll do it anyways because I got nothing better to do because they've canceled the NHL. And my province has closed the gyms. I can't even go to the goddamn gym right now. So, uh, I don't know. Anyways, happy holidays to everybody or Merry Christmas. Whatever it is that you celebrate, I hope that you're having a great time with your family. Uh, I hope it's nice and relaxing. And I hope that nobody gets this Omicron variant. I hope it dies uh, a quick death so that we can all get back to normal life at some point. Thanks again for listening. And as always, à la prochaine.